Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching Geekcaster. I'm Michael Michael, and today we've got Davion Bussey, Corey Davis, Taylor Leone, HJ Melly Rock. All right, yes, so this is part two. Uh, part one, we talked about Social Dilemma. This part two, we're gonna get into some Lovecraft country and some great news for one of the Sorry. main actors, the lead actor. He's doing well, doing well, doing well. And then we're gonna also talk about the boys and some other Marvel news. So let's first start out with Lovecraft country. Spoilers, sorry, no. Spoilers. Spoilers. I'm not the only one that... <laughs> I didn't watch it? <laughs> yes. Terrible. Um, no, I did watch I'm joking. <laughs> so, Jonathan... I read, like, a little glimpse of it. Apparently, it's, like, um... It's a uh, flashback episode or something like that, right? About mm -hmm. the right. It's technically not a filler, but it gives more information. And I first have to shout out Misha Green. Um, I'm gonna follow you now. I wanna know more about you. You are a really great writer. She created the show and writing the show. And she's doing a great job. Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country takes place in the 1950s. And this particular episode is a flashback. We see the lead character played by Jonathan Majors, which we're gonna talk more about him because he's knocking it out the park. Um, where basically we find out he had a love, his first love. And his first love was kind of possessed. <laughs> or actually is the demon itself, right? No, she's possessed. She's possessed. It's but, a mix of the two, I would say. It's a mix. Right. Like, the, yeah, the mother wanted the... Say it again. Whoa. The way that she references herself, you would think that she herself is the demon, or maybe she's lost herself. So I'd say it's someone who, like, has control of some emotions and has to, like, can learn to love, but as a whole, you would think of them as a monster. No, I think she was... All right, so huge spoilers, right? The father obviously committed the ultimate taboo with the daughter. The mother found out, went to the shaman, summoned the kumiho to put inside the daughter to kill the father, right? But in order to get the daughter back, the daughter had to pay a price. And so it's basically she's possessed and she can't be free until the demon inside her pays that toll, which is collecting 100 souls. So I don't think it's like a mix of the two. It's definitely the demon who needs to leave, but she's not going to leave because we now know that so close to her goal she uh is evolving and she doesn't know what that means they went back to the shaman shaman didn't really give us any answers so now we're just up so i agree with everything you said but something that was really like a huge thing in the episode was her identity and how she felt about herself and how her mom told her that you're not you know you're not a girl you're not a human like you're a demon so it's like, yeah, the demon's inside her, but also it's either the demon is showing some human traits or it's a mix of 
the demon and her true self being portrayed as this person. Well, yeah, they literally, they literally said that, you know, she wants the demon to go away to get her daughter back. And in mm -hmm. one of the scenes, she literally said, I, I'm not going anywhere. I like this and I'm changing. She, she, she doesn't want to give up the body for the daughter to come back. So he actually okay. fell in love with a demon, according to like the script. If they, you know, I don't think they were being figurative, but they could have been. But I think they were being no. Like little. as I said, I, I, it is a demon. It is yeah. a possession. It yeah. is a curse that's placed oh. on the person. Gotcha. But I'm confused on the identity of the person. I'm confused as what's truly being shown. Is it the girl? You know. Oh and no. How she feels about her best friend, and then how she feels about what's his name, or is it? Fully a demon that has taken over this person and is taking over their life. The latter. The, so demon, I'm to the demon's out. taking over yeah, her the life. Demon took over. And because the demon even said, like, I have no memories of you, I have no memories of this person, and I killed so many people, I have their memories, I remember everything. I don't remember this person or who you're talking about. So that demon definitely did 100% take over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was good. Uh, what is the actress's name that played Jamie? Jamie Chen? Is it Jamie Chan? I think it is. Yeah, she did a great job. And we, we're used to her, I hate to say it, not uh, of the things I've seen her in, kind of not acting, kind of just walking through, you know, kind of, hate to say it, but like the stereotypical, okay, well, let's just add her in there and we want diversity. I'm so glad they gave her this role where she could show her stuff. Uh, this particular episode really gave her opportunity to show some depth in her acting skills and i am very 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 confident that she'll be able to do a lot more a lot more meaty roles after this i'm very very proud of her um did you guys get that same thing from that and have you seen her in any other projects uh jamie chung i have no, no, not it's like it's like she took a long. Did you break see her? And can you? Did you see her in any her. other project? I just <laughs> oh, I didn't know she was in Big Hero, Big Hero Six. She did a voice. Voice. Oh, she was yeah. in Dragon Ball. Huh. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution, the movie we shall not speak of. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the movie we shall not speak of. I know, I know, I know. Um, Dragon Ball Evolution. It's a movie that we shall not speak of. Yeah, she she's done so many things where she should be a household name and she's not. You know, she she's she, she almost like. Hmm? Oh, she's in. Oh, she was Mulan in Once Upon a Time. Oh, okay. <laughs> she like again like when you start going into the IMDb, you're like, how come you're not? But I I don't think they give her enough to actually you know. But um, I don't know. But that you know, that's it for that. But were you but guys impressed with the episode? Hollywood executives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys feel that this episode fits with the rest of Lovecraft? Yes. Okay. What? Why? Why is that? Basically, it basically gives you an idea of where the story is going. You may not get every single detail in this show but you know something big is coming mm -hmm. I, I like 
that mm-hmm. every episode you learn a little bit more of the nuances. And we knew about this for the first two episodes and who this person was. He's talked about her a lot, and now we know the origin. And so we're going to get back into what role she plays going forward. Yeah. Corey, you called her out from the very beginning. You were like, how come she only had like one little spot? Um, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. It was worth it. Worth it. Um, how do you guys feel about how the sex scenes were um, displayed in this? Because it was very, very strong. Stronger than any other episode yes. before. Oh, and I was totally for Letty and... Uh tick get together. <laughs> I was waiting for that crap to happen. But nah, this episode, it was like a lot. Like, it was so strong to the point where you're like, dag. Mm-hmm. Like, but if you really understand the creature that's inside her, it pretty much draws her victims into that type of momentum and then destroy them. So, I think it was an important factor to basically understand the story behind her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think we're actually getting the most realistic and believable sex scenes ever shown on TV. Uh, the way that they mm-hmm. do black sex is amazing. The way that they did their sex, you can see like when they were, um, she had the other guys, the Korean guys, you can see how different that was with an African-American. So just little nuances like that. I think uh, sell the show on a much deeper level. It's it's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a show that was so centered and so specific for specific um, characters. And like, these are the main characters. Here's the main cast. Here's the main story. This is what I want to get across. But at the same time, capture a community, capture just multiple cultures and still show diversity would that be fair to say it would be fair to say and i think that we also have to give credit to the original author matt ruff for even writing the book so he brought all these nuances first and i do applaud misha green for taking that book and doing an exponential job of showing i guess his vision on screen Mm -hmm. now from the first first episode to now was anything offensive to any of you or should have been developed more with Lovecraft? Um, I wonder if we're going to talk about the fat phobia and colorism in the black community as we see Letty's sister and Letty and just different things in the show. I wonder if they're going to touch on it at all. Mm. I wonder, I mean, was, I the, think- was there fat phobia back then because thicker women were more desirable mm-hmm. yeah. back in the day. You can see uh, George's wife, Hippolyta, no one has an issue with um, plus-size women. Was they, there uh, fat phobia back then, y'all? I don't think so. I don't know. No. I think so. We don't know. Jesus. I mean, just, I would say beauty standards have changed. Yes, there was a time where plus-size women one meant you were wealthy and you ate well and that was desirable and that's you know i mean you'll see statues of you know i won't i wouldn't call them like 
plus size, really, but, you know, a little, like, extra love than, like, a skinny, like, you know, Taylor Swift-looking woman. But this was but, the- like, fatphobia, of course. That's like asking if homophobia and, like, you know, everything has been around. It's been around since, like, the creation of the universe, I would say. <laughs> well, since been. human beings started walking on Earth, let's just say that. I just don't think it was to the degree where it was an issue in society. I think it was, especially during the 50s, um, more natural. Because if you look at all the um, ads from the 50s, they were regular-sized women with curves, with rolls. There was no uh, fat phobia that came, like, in the modeling age in the 70s where everyone had to be slick, thin, and chic. That was... I think this happened before Do you have any, like, real, like, history or research on that? Because we can do that research and then speak on it but generalizing i but, feel like a lot of these things mm, let's take do it place. of course there's co- mm-hmm. going to be colorism you know back then mm-hmm. it's literally saying like in in all the show right now the only two plus size women you've seen is hippolyta and what's her name sister so i'm just thinking and Ruby. i'm just seeing from my eyes a plus size woman we're touching on a lot of different things. They touched on the gay community. They touched on a lot of different things. So mm-hmm. what did they touch on that phobia? No. Colorism. No. That's not the party. There were more. They were not just. Ruby was not the only plus size woman there. They were not just dancing with skinny women. If you look at all the parties of black parties, you saw a variety of people. It's. It wasn't there when you look at the mall scene, uh, where they were working. You saw mostly white people working white people who fit a particular shape. But in the black community, we were all sprinkled. And you could see that when they were dancing in the concert in the first episode. You can see that at the house party. In the and the concert at the first episode, the only plus-size person I saw was her. Uh, I mean, I like, re- regardless that, you know, there could be 20,000 plus-size people. That doesn't eradicate fat phobia. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, I'm not saying that. Right? But you know what? I think, I think we should do some... We should do some yeah, research we do an and we do an episode on it because I've, from what I've heard doing, um, even with school, like PR and media, there was a, there was a sharp shift, you know, in fact, you I were mean, like, will... girl, you too skinny. What are you doing? You know, you better well, eat something, you know? So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's always going to be people like that with skinny people. It's there's like, always going to be that so but we'll, but we'll I do would, that i would trickle in like a little piece of thing to think about if this is if this is going to be like another podcast is literally everybody is fat phobic nobody is not fat phobic it's just certain levels of where your fat phobia is mm. and it's an ongoing thing that you have to work on and decrease your fat phobic beliefs and ideals that you have would you because I don't know one person who does not have something inside of them that is fat phobic that they have to work on and eradicate from their, you know, mindset. Would you say that um, equal to skinny phobia as well or no? Or no? I don't think, I wouldn't say that. I mean, not that people don't make fun of people who are skinny or like make fun of people who are maybe anorexic or something like that. But do I think it's a widespread thing and like, you know, something as ingrained as uh, as fat phobia not, absolutely not. Really Alright, next show. Let's, let's, let's move on because I want to I wanna talk about I want statistics and, and let's go in and we'll do that. So let's move yeah. on to uh, Jonathan Major because this is huge. 
Jonathan Major will be part of the Marvel <coughs> Universe, which is amazing. Um, and not just a little part of the Marvel Universe, he's going to play Khan King. Am I saying that correct? Or King Kang? King no. the Conqueror. King the Conqueror. King the Conqueror. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? I know him as being um, Iron Man, the young Iron Man. And um, so he posed as young Iron Man, and then, but he was really in disguise. Also, for when, um, basically near the beginning with the Avengers, correct? Am I right that he's like one of the right. major, or the first major villain with, um, no, Fantastic Four? No, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. King the Conqueror, Galactus, whatever Galactus. you want to call him. Right, right. Yeah. So, yes. So, but anyway, he's gonna he's gonna be a part of that, and that is huge. That is huge because he should be in the Fantastic Four films. He most likely will be an Ant Man. Uh, he possibly could be just show his face in the um, was it is it Loki, the Loki series. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they mentioned it, him a lot. Yeah. Um, is he connected to anything else, Davia? Um, and they said that there's going to do a future Young Justice. So I mean, not Young Justice. Um, future New Avengers to Young Avengers. So we're going to see how that, that turns out. So, so yeah. So that's the one with the Young Avengers. Is it? Do you think it's probable that he? I mean, he might not physically play it because they might have someone else, but basically that character pretends he's Iron Man, like a like the new Iron Man. Or do you think they won't go that far? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I really think what's going to happen is... Because they already have set for the new Iron Man is that kid that, um, that was in Iron Man 3 that basically shows up at the end of... Like at Tony uh, Stark's funeral. Oh, when he put the hand up and oh, oh that, yeah. yeah, and they brought him so, back. So uh, what was the end game? Yeah. So what I think gonna happen is he's gonna wind up being King the Conqueror's great great grandfather. That would make more sense. Oh wow, that's crazy. But besides Iron Lad being King the Conqueror. That would be a good twist to actually put out there. I don't know. We might have multiple uh, Iron Man. Oh no! Well, that is true. You just because right now they right now sorry because right now they're saying that they're in talks with um what's his name Tom Cruise to play an alternate version Iron Man. Oh, you know what? That's a good point, Davion. The they literally could have so because of the timeline being messed up. You think that's going to be the loophole with directors having different visions and just well, they're in a different universe, different timeline, different. <laughs> well, that's what they're alluding to. If you watch the WandaVision trailer, like they're already alluding to the multiple verses that is going to be incorporated with Doctor Strange that they've already started with Endgame. So they're just going to incorporate that for the next phase of Marvel. Well, I'm going to say they're just going to give us bits in WandaVision, but they're really going to 
be all out when it comes to the uh was it Doctor Strange and the multiverse of Manhattan? So now is is there um I mean it's kind of hard with quarantine and all that other stuff, but um do we see let's just say the the pandemic um do you see a lot more people cosplaying stuff like that like like are, are we going to see a whole bunch of like Lovecraft Country or um, The Boys? Are we seeing a resurgence of like whatever show is hot now people are cosplaying that characters they might not have before? Or no? No, no Sailor, no, it's not happening? It's really just based on if it's your interest. Like if you like The Boys, yeah, you might cosplay as one of them. But I'm not, I don't see a lot of people on my timeline doing that. Um, Lovecraft Country, Maybe people will jump on that once we, like a lot of more people see what it is and the greatness of it. Yeah, right. probably will cause people from it. But right now, it's still like buzzing. Okay. I'm honestly happy that the superhero cosplays have died down a little bit. Like it's very <laughs> oversaturated. <laughs> Melody. Like, people are starting to be adventurous. Melody, you trying to cosplay. say you're tired of seeing Superman, Batman? <laughs> Don't even get me started on how trash of a movie that was. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely going to see Homelander in Dave Cosplay in like seven. Might be worse than Justice League, and that movie was some booty butt cheek, okay? <laughs> but then again, DC doesn't know how to make movies and make them good, so that probably is why. Did you see Shazam? Watch me. Nah, I didn't see Shazam. I heard good things about Shazam. I will say. Shazam was good. I'll say that. Shazam was like, out of all the DC live action, well. They're number one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah, like, yeah. The last time I liked anything Superman related was when Smallville was still a thing. Okay. It's still a thing. <laughs> it's still a thing. So what about the boys? Let's talk about the boys real quick. Um, the boys, in a weird way... They're kind of making fun of social media. They're making fun of people's thirst for uh, superhero films. Their their thirst for toys. Uh, are people reacting to that? I mean, social dilemma. It's it's so. Yeah, I mean, they're actually <laughs> pointing towards that. Like right now, in the last episode, well, what was that? Episode five. Was it five? Yeah. yeah. Five. Yeah. Yes. Where. Homelander now is like, okay, I need to, I need to take advantage of social media. I need to do something because it's not working. I just put up a pitiful face that he makes because he's just, he's like so frustrated. You know, now his fans aren't feeling him. um, And it's really social media that's bringing him down. He went back to the analytics like uh, Sailor had alluded to. Yeah, <laughs> he's looking at the looking at the numbers. The numbers aren't working. I but, remember an episode where someone was basically like the Flash, and they ran into somebody and like killed them. And I was like, "Well, that sucks." <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, it's tears of a fabulous sadness so again. Deep. Like, let's think about how, like, every superhero movie, like, kill like thousands of innocent civilians, and like, no one bats an eye. <laughs> Uh, 
but I, I like how they ingrained if superheroes were in society and how society would function with superheroes. So they give you all the backdrop of what productions do, what TV stations do, how they look at analytics, and that's basically a reflect a reflection of society. I don't think they're making fun. I think they're just incorporating it, incorporating it into a show like we haven't seen before. It, it, well, basically, we saw the Truman Show, but I think for superheroes, I think that's that's what they're doing. Well, do you do you guys like? Um, let's just be aesthetic for a real aesthetics for a real quick. Um, do you like the costumes? Yeah. And the boys? No. I like Sailor, it. why you're not feeling that? You almost broke your neck. Why you're not feeling that? <laughs> they're mad. It's really just they're, they're mad. Okay. Um, it's like the same generic that they put everything else on. They're like, mm. okay, costumes, boom. Generic um, Superman, generic Wonder Woman, generic. That's what it looks like to me. Okay. Generic Flash, but in different colors. And, and Frozone, X Flash. What about the storyline? Do you like. Because, I mean, technically, that's what they're doing, right? That, that's the whole point. He's the generic Superman, but in, what if he was real? What if he was twisted? But you're not feeling it? It doesn't doesn't speak to you? Like, why bother go there? It's not her, It's not, not your cup of tea. No. Um, yeah, I mean, like, when we talked about it last week, it's not really a show I enjoy too much. Mm-hmm. But um, I do understand the basics of it. I know why. It's like, well, you've never seen superheroes be real people and it's like okay cool but also um Corey I know you really like the show I like the show but I know you really like the show Corey I'm telling you right now and Davion because I know you like it as well if they don't give me a little bit more like they gave me just enough that Homelander is now starting to realize I need to make some changes is Liberty is really is Liberty really on the on the scene or is she not? Um, Black Noir, we saw him kind of do stuff, but he didn't kill anybody. I need some meat the next episode, or I might have to I might have to tap out. Don't give me a little bit of story to let me hold on. Right, I I, I agree with you because I okay. I think last episode was the first time we've gotten a filler episode because that's basically what it was. Yeah. It was a filler episode slowly gear the storyline into whatever direction they're going to take next week okay uh well basically tomorrow we'll, we'll find out <laughs> but right. I, I didn't really feel the episode there was one scene um where we saw a guy in a hospital play with a little lighter okay uh that's actually going to be another super introduced from the comic book i believe mm-hmm. that's going to be lamp lighter um not sure if they're how they're going to incorporate him into the show, but that's the only nuanced thing that I got from that episode. Other than that, it was a waste of time. I- no, well, yeah, he's going to show up in this um this season, so just get prepared, be prepared. Okay. All that's right. Well, everybody, way. give everybody out there your social media, and we have one minute to do it fast. <laughs> Javion. I bust you on all social media platforms except for Instagram, Shamal Williams, and Twitter, Shamal Williams. Corey Davis, Corey Davis on Facebook, IMGT3 on IG and Twitter. Sailor Leone, you can find me under Sailor Leone Cosplay on IG and Facebook, and Sailor Leone on Twitter. 
Matt. I go by Melly Rock on Instagram, Twitter, and then Melly Rock Cosby on Facebook. There's like a thousand and one underscores, so good luck trying to find me. But anyways, there's six on her Instagram. Nice. I'm Michael Seven Michael on Instagram. You can go to Geekcaster on Instagram as well as Geekcaster.com. Thank you, everybody. You're watching After Geekcaster, show. and um, say it again. After show. After show. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, we could do it. We could do it. We closing this out. Go to the website for the after show for stuff that we don't post other places and what we don't put online. All right.